Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are. We're at a new listener's choice. This is a... This came from a conversation that I recently had with a sales rep, somebody who wants to get better, and they kind of have a stuck deal. They're kind of stuck between product. We'll talk a little bit about that more uh, in another in a future episode, but this is all about how do we improve our pursuits. So it's a listener's choice, lots of content. We might not get it all done in one episode here, but uh, we want to kind of break down a bunch of fallacies in my opinion about you know being able to get a team organized if you're not the account executive that may or may not be leading the pursuit or maybe you're the partner that wants to be more involved or maybe feels like the deal's too unqualified and you're getting asked to do a bunch of stuff uh, again this kind of came from a product conversation where the sales engineer saying well i have no skin in the game i have no one's going to listen to me if i tell them let's get get things back on track um, but everybody's spending a ton of time on this pursuit that we talked through in this mentoring conversation. And I'm like, why are you wasting all your time for this? And it's like, well, manager's asking me to update him on the deal. And the customer says we've lost, but we're back in the game. I mean, it's like, sounds like the worst thing ever that's happening. And I think, I think we have a lot of tips for the listeners on how they can improve their pursuits. It's a fun topic. I really, this, I swear this probably accounts for 30% of my week. As somebody that manages part of the sales organization, and and so our success and the account executive success is so closely linked to the extended team. So being able to uh, to to manage that, whether you are a member of the extended team or you lead the extended team, um, your success is also interlinked. So so this is a fun topic because uh, again, this is something that comes up in everyday sales. So as I was writing the episode, really the kind of the question that I pose for us to discuss today is how do I, in whatever role you're in, sales specialist, partner, product group, sales executive, account executive, whatever that role is, get the team pointed in the right direction with a customer pursuit. And I think we've used words interchangeably a lot. Pursuit to us is an opportunity. We're chasing a deal. And I think pursuit defines really this multi-angled idea of chasing down something that maybe a, a vendor has a part of it, a reseller has a part of it, a services partner might have a part of it, but we're all trying to accomplish separate goals, but at the same time, if we're not working together, we're not going to achieve the bigger goal for the customer. Um, and I, I think I said already, but if I'm not the core rep, how do I do this? And if I am the core rep, what should I be doing? So we're going to talk, break it down into three parts, right? We're going to we're going to start by getting buy-in. We've talked about this in many other previous shows. Uh, we're going to if we once we get the buy-in, then we're going to kind of reset, and then we're going to escalate or walk away um, or win, I guess. But we'll, we'll talk about that being kind of the third part. If if we can't get the team to buy-in, reset, then we what do we do at that point? Um, so let's jump right into it. Anything you want to add? I know you say it's a big part of your job, but anything you want to add? from just history's sake, like when maybe this didn't work well or maybe when you did it and it turned the deal around? I, I mean, that's I could literally have an example every single week. So I think I think a couple of key things that you called out, 
is uh, one, this is not just the core internal team. This could be uh, external to your company. This could be part of the management team. This could be um, solution consultants or solution engineers. Um, so, so to your point, when you think extended team here, don't just think your inside salesperson, or if you're an inside salesperson, don't just think it's your account executive. Think about the broader uh, pursuit team that is kind of, um, again, helping you collectively come with a great solution for a customer or a prospect. And as I mentioned next week or shortly here from now, we'll talk about why this, this really came up and it was all about customers and the customer's need and mm-hmm. how we were trying to plug up that, that reps trying to plug a product in, you know, customers don't want to buy products and we'll have an episode titled we that will. thing, uh, very thing. And we'll talk through really, how do we change their mindset about what they, how they view us and, and what we're really trying to pitch. Uh, so let's get started. So, We'll start today again with collectively getting buy-in. We need people to get bought in. And it maybe seems real obvious, but no matter what, we need the customer to be bought in. And I've been part of a lot of different teams, but we'll talk about the two big companies, Microsoft and Dell, and how those teams worked with partners and um, both mid-market and enterprise. But, you know, customers may call one of four or five different roles the 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 vendor, meaning Microsoft, they might call a reseller, the person that might fulfill the licensing contract, the systems integrator who might deploy the software and help them solve problems. They might engage a training partner with, hey, we got this big project, we need to be trained. And then maybe they, they just happen to talk to a friend or a neighbor who's somewhat related and that lead comes in through this other referral mechanism. Every one of those people wants to be in charge of the deal. I understand that. And no matter which of those roles I've played, I want to kind of be in charge of the deal. But there's probably someone who should be. Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking of the lead product or solution, right? So if it's if it's a Microsoft solution like SharePoint, the Microsoft rep might be the orchestrator. But if it's more about the services and the custom development, then maybe that systems integrator should. Does that make sense what I'm saying there, Brian? There should be a lead? Yes. Um so I, the, I, I agree. The way I usually put it is you can only have one quarterback, and there are times to where we may have like a split deal or something to where you have two account executives working a deal. And it's like, oh, we'll just we'll just share the load, right? We'll just – you can do these tasks. I'll do these tasks. The reality is the the customer, you know, they, they use the saying they need one throat to choke. But the reality is when you get into the thick of it and it's coming to negotiation time and you're trying to centralize contracts and – you're dealing with external vendors, like the the prospect is going to have one go-to person. If you think they're going to include both people on every email, it, it's probably only going to last for so long before it becomes too burdensome for them. No doubt. So we need that customer to be bought into, okay, we have this quarterback, our team's aligned, we know you need Microsoft, we know you need a partner, we know you need training, we know you need somebody to facilitate the contract like a reseller. So we're all doing that, but we're going to orchestrate behind this one person. Well, let's assume that in this example, we're way past that point. The customer's no longer bought into this pursuit team, and and the the sales engineer's like, well, how do I do it? So okay, yeah. we got to get the team to be bought in. So if we're trying to get people bought in, we need the customer to be bought in first. We we have that had that, and it slipped away. Now the team's starting to feel like, well, this is really not a deal. If somebody gets it back on track, I'm going to jump in and do my part. Well we got to collectively get the team back together and bought into 
let's give this one more shot. Maybe the whole thing's kind of feel like it's slipping away, but we need the team to get bought in. So in this example, this gentleman felt like the quarterback was not going to do that. How does a lowly old sales engineer get all these people bought in? And I think it's, to me, it's like selling up. I got to start from the bottom. So I got to get myself bought in. Do I really feel like if we were working together collectively to get the, the pick, the bigger solution done for the customer, would we be able to win? Um, and if I don't feel like it, then it might be time to walk away early, but it, let's assume I do. I got to convince myself and I got to write down my strategy of how I think we should do it. Now, if you don't have that skill set today, send us an email, we'll start to help you or find a, a partner or mentor that would help you, but you got to get the team involved. So me first, then probably my next closest people, and then probably the other account executives, the reseller, the vendor like Microsoft. We got to have at least a phone call and say, look, here's my perception. I really think we can win. If we pull these things together and I've got this little lightweight strategy, we'll make Brian the lead again. He's the quarterback. You reseller work on the contracts once the customer get, we get buying from that customer again. But you tell this story and you get the team bought in, and then you do what we've talked about a lot. You orchestrate our five meetings for success, right? The two prep meetings, uh, two, two meetings with the customer, and then a closing meeting, right? We, we got to build that plan and strategy to get the team bought in so that this isn't, again, kind of bootstrap, let's hope and pray. Yeah. So if I look at it from a similar standpoint, let's say that you're the account executive and you don't feel like you're getting that that buy-in from the rest of the organization, rest of the extended team, I, I I agree. The first thing I challenge or dig into is how communicative has the account executive been with the extended team? Have they set up strategy calls? Have they prepped the team with, you know, have they read the 10K? Have they done the research to understand what the business drivers are for the prospect? And like, you know, it doesn't have to be, Every deal doesn't have to be tied to the 10K. We've all done deals that aren't tied to the 10K. But I'll tell you what, if you come with a great point of view to the extended team and you show that you've done research rather than just requesting time and resources, and if it's a partner externally, requesting discounts from them or concessions from them, it people wear out of that stuff. And they want to stop partnering with you, even if you have had success, because it's tiresome for them to, for you to kind of continue to beat on them without a strategy. They feel like, man, I, I'd rather invest my time with someone else. I, I think, Bobby, in your world, um, you know, as, as, a, as a Dell EMC rep and at Microsoft and really everywhere we worked, people are have competing priorities. There are other account executives that the engineers work with. And if they feel they're going to tie their, their, their boat, hitch their boat up to the truck that has the best probability of winning. And if you can present a very thoughtful, strategic sales process, and you don't have to over-engineer it. You don't have to over-architect it. But if you can even clearly express it over email or through a strategy call, you'll be so much better off. And then secondly, if you're an engineer and you're part of this team and it feels disorganized and you feel like you can't get it back on track, there's the old saying, you get delegated to the people that you speak like. And if you're, um, if you're an engineer or even if you're uh, you know an account executive and you're not getting the attention of the extended team, you probably need to, first thing you probably ought to look at is are you articulating your vision and your goals and what you think can help this pursuit be successful in a very clear, articulate way? And if you think you are, 
you know, there's other options that we'll get into as we go throughout the the episode here today. But if you aren't, or if you're concerned that you aren't, that this is a great thing that we, you know, to go to your board of directors with and say, hey, here's the, here's the situation. I don't feel like I'm getting everyone's ear here. Am I expressing properly what what the goal of the pursuit should be? And and you know, tell me, am I off basis here? Like, is there something I'm not I'm missing? Um, I think that's what you should look at if you're 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 on that pursuit team. And that's what this guy was doing. I know as as me part of his board was asking me these questions, but as you said, you know, you got to paint the strategy and mm-hmm. you don't have to read the whole 10k and I challenged him. I was like, is the company that you're pursuing making money today? They were a public they are a public company. And he says, I don't know. And I'm like, well, man, that's that's average at best. And I don't want to sit here and just beat you up because I know you're asking for my help, but if you've not taken the time to look, why would the other people on the team take the time to look? Yeah. So start start basic. You know, just the company's making money, which means they should have money to spend, or the company's losing money. We might be way behind the eight ball here already. What do we want to do collectively as a team about that? And then we've all heard the customers speak about the, the grandiose goals they have. And, and I'll, I'll stick with the SharePoint Microsoft example to protect the innocent here, but if it's a SharePoint project, they're wanting three workflows that are going to dynamically change their business, and they are they have the budget, they know what they want to do with hardware, they know what they want to do with software, they've got they know how much they have planned for services and our services partner thinks they can get it done. Like why aren't we trying to get together and pursue this? Why why shouldn't we win this? It's almost like turning it all the way back around and saying from my perspective and my seat that I'm in right now, there's no reason why we can't win this, guys and girls. Let's go. Let's have one more meeting. Let's all put everything out on the table or the whiteboard or whatever we want to do and get everybody pointed in the right direction. We'll redelegate our quarterback. We'll set a timeline. We'll set some expectations that we need from the customer. And so let's have this meeting. And this meeting, to me, is really part two of this episode, Brian. It's, it is the reset. And that's can I can I jump in here real quick sure. though? If if you feel like you are doing those things, if you feel like you are scheduling that strategy meeting, you you ought to then question yourself: did, Are you having everyone show up to a meeting and you're and you're there with a blank sheet of paper? Like you as the account executive, quarterback, lead on the team, even even part of the virtual team, come with a point of view. Even if you're not 100% sure about that point of view, come prepared for it. So many times they like they folks will like set up a strategy call and be like, yeah, yeah, I booked a strategy call. I just couldn't, you know, not, not everyone seems into it. But the reality is like the first 15 minutes of that call should be the account executive or the lead expressing what he or she knows about the pursuit and why this is a great pursuit or why it's a challenging pursuit. Not all of them are perfect. But they need to come with a really strong, solid point of view. Other, otherwise, you're going to have a 30-minute call that people are not going to be speaking on because it's it's boring and it doesn't it's it's not motivating to them. No doubt, and I, I think that without that stuff, whether you're the sales engineer or the AE, or you're trying to get to reset. So we're, let's say we're still trying to get buy-in. If the people that you're trying to get bought in on your virtual team, meaning the team's getting bought in and they aren't willing to put in a little bit of effort, don't have the meeting. I mean, yeah. jump to escalate or walk away because you you can't do it alone, especially something that's got this many tentacles and 
different divisions and different parts. So you got to really reset yourself and decide whether you're going to go forward or not. But let's assume that we have got, we know the customers bought into their project. They brought us in. We're engaged. We've just lost, we've lost a little bit of our gunction because maybe we, the quarter's come and gone or something. Now we're re-getting the team bought in. The team's okay. I like what you're saying. Yeah, we really should win. Yeah, I'm willing to give it one more meeting. I'm willing to prepare for that meeting. Okay, so that meeting now is the reset. So we've we've got buy-in. Now we need the reset. And the reset, this should be, I've always said it. I think we've said it in many other episodes, Brian. This would be a big meeting. This should be a yeah. very productive meeting. This, If we're we're planning to chase a pursuit that's going to send all 5, 10, 15 people to one, two, or three from all these other organizations into multiple future meetings that are all going to take hours to drive to, hours to participate in and hours to drive back from we're talking 50 maybe 100 man hours of pursuit time in front of the customer and on the road to get there this meeting should not be taken lightly this cannot be a 30 minute phone call over zoom or webex or something this is this is a meeting where we're in a white we're in a room with a whiteboard we're going to revalidate all we've ever heard from the customer and we're going to really reset yeah, it's not as if most of us are not on the hook for cost of sale here. So think of it less of us saying, be a wise steward of your company's money. Because while I think we all think you should, that's not the point here. It is an expensive meeting. It is a big investment for the company. And also think about the investment of time for people. They, The engineers, the account executives, the extended team, the partners only have a certain number, amount of bandwidth here. They're, they're going to choose paths that are well thought out or are the paths of least resistance. And and we all know who wastes our time. I mean, we all know the person that always wants to have one more phone call. There was one of those at Dell that just, I mean, we had to have two, three phone calls a day because because they weren't organized, right? They wanted us to reorganize them. We know partners that just can't keep their stuff on track, so they want to have one more conversation, one more meeting. Like, busy is real work, and it's yeah. not, right? So if we don't do this reset and we don't do it right, I know we all hate to lose, but if we stay off track and we're not all together with one one common goal in mind, vendor, partner, reseller, all, all of us going towards a one goal for the customer, then we're for sure going to lose. There's no question. If we don't get on track, we're going to lose. So let's let's kind of break the team down and talk about each of the roles and what we would think they should prepare for for this meeting and then kind of what we would expect as what would look good, maybe great at the end of this meeting as a plan of attack to move forward. Not breaking the whole thing down, but just like, Let's start at the bottom. Let's assume that there's a product team involved, SharePoint. The customer used SharePoint years ago. It didn't have good workflow capabilities. We want workflow. We're a Microsoft shop now. Everybody's telling us SharePoint. What do we want and need from the product team in this in this meeting? The, the easy answer is it depends. But I think when you think of what you want from the product team or the folks that are going to be in charge of either expressing the roadmap, current capabilities, or delivering the demo. What you want and expect from them is a is expressing the product in a way that the prospect can see it in their business, solves a business problem, and is done in a, a timely and in, in a way that kind of matches their business. 
No doubt. Let's assume, let's make it even simpler. Let's assume they've released an RFP. And in that RFP, it's got some minimum requirements. Like it must do this. It must be, you know, must handle multi-sites. It must handle mm-hmm. multi-language. You know, you've, you've seen many of these uh, pick lists or, or RFPs yep. that say that it has to do this or you, you're automatically disqualified. Well, we definitely want the product team to review that, say, yes, we are a good choice for that. Um, or we also want the product team to say, no, we can't do that. We're not multilingual yet. I mean, that, that's a far-fetched one, but you know, sure. we, we, we don't have good workflow. I mean, you would hate to be a sales rep. You would hate to be the sales rep. And in this, literally this example that I'm talking about, that they were failing in one major component that the customer said was a minimum requirement. And he, he kept wanting to sell his product to them. And I, I kept trying to get him to tell me, why do you want to sell your product when you know it's going to miss their expectations? And he wasn't talking about partnering or replacing that. He was like, they can do, they can live without this for a while. Yeah. And maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't get it. Maybe they can just go ahead and migrate all their stuff. And I'm like, you got to hit this one head on, right? So we need the product team to be truthful. We need the product team to tell us what they need or to, to validate that they are a good solution. And not to get too tactical here, but a good way to do that, if you're the account executive, sometimes I've seen it the inverse where the, let's say in this case, the SharePoint consultant or person that will deliver the demo or express the products is concerned that there is a gap and they feel like the sales rep is just pushing, pushing, pushing. And they're not listening. Like, hey guys, you're not listening. We don't do this. And I know you want me to go spend four hours customizing a demo for you for a next week meeting, but we don't do one of the core pieces of it. And again, this is tactical and it seems simple, but I it's it's a big miss all the time. If you're the account executive leading that pursuit and you want to keep the pursuit team involved, this is where summaries and, and circling back with them and having good effective communication comes in. What if you had a conversation with a customer that says, look, I just want to be upfront. We're game to come out next week. We're fired up about it. We think we'd be a good partner for you. However, one of the key requirements is this workflow. And we heard how important it was to your business. And we're not there yet. But you want to, you know, we want to, we want to come out if it makes sense. It's on our roadmap, or it's not on our roadmap. But we have a partner, whatever the case may be. And then when you go back to that team, you're you're clearly expressing about that team, and in showing that you've done work. I think ninety percent, and maybe I'm overshooting that, but ninety percent feels like just total lack of communication, and really lack of doing the hard work sometimes, of working working and partnering with the customer. Yeah, and I would say, you know, maybe the customer disqualifies you right then and there. And that's better than spending all this time. Yes. People, trust me, you can go find another deal. And then the customer might say, well, it is important to Tom, but Tom is looking at other ways to solve that. So why don't, if you're good with it, um, you're not going to get disqualified for that, but we need you to hit it head on on how we might be able to solve that another way. And I think that's what this guy was missing was the piece that he couldn't do that the customer really wanted him to do. He wasn't thinking of how he was still going to solve that for the customer. And I told him that's the game changer difference if you're a sales rep or a sales team is you have to hear that I need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And you need to present a solution that solves for X, Y, and Z. And if yours can't do it, then you need to find a partner. You need to find a third-party add-on or solution that would help close that gap for you. Or you need to raise your hand and say, customer, I can't do it. Like you just said, and I told him in that one-on-one at a Starbucks I said, I, I can honestly say I've never been caught lying like that to a customer and no customer would 
wouldn't want to work with me because they know I'm going to help them, whether it's yeah. my product, more of a partner's work or something, because I've never tried to plug a hole like that that was impossible to plug. You're going to make yourself look silly. I think I think half the time the engineer or consultant, they don't want to be in that meeting either. It, you know, They clearly don't want to spend the time building a demo for a customer that's not going to a message is not going to land, but, but secondarily, they don't want to be in a meeting to where the customer like, like slams his hands on the table and says, guys, are you just not listening? Yep, exactly. That's the problem. That's it's embarrassing. The customer is going to do that. That's what I would do if I called the cable company and I said, look, I want HD channels and the golf channel and the cut. And they, and they said, sure, here's a quote. And the quote at the bottom said asterisk, but we don't have the golf channel. Well, right. I don't want to do business with you. You heard right. me say I want the golf channel. You don't have the golf channel. Now, in this example, I really thought the engineer had an opportunity to, to solve it with a third-party partner and paint a roadmap that, like, the services to implement this third-party solution you're trying to do is going to be very expensive to implement it. And you have a three-year plan to then unimplement that and then implement more of the product you're trying to buy from me. Like, could you not put that in a cost analysis and start telling a story that, says do it or don't do it here's the pros and cons that kind of consultative nature is what this sales team needs to be doing in this reset so let's assume we got the product team on board they're willing to look and make sure we meet all the minimum requirements and maybe help us start putting together some of the even more positive soft things that we do that the competition doesn't do so we can start building some messages the partners the reseller and the systems integrator who are going to do the work around our virtual uh SharePoint project here, you know, they got to come to this meeting with not, not statements of work and, and quotes and bids, but they got to start telling us the, the team, what's going to, what's going to it take for the customer to interact with us during this pursuit? How long are they going to need to turn around changes, change orders, quote requests, et cetera, statements of work, blah, blah, blah. And what do they want to see from a qualification perspective, right? This is where I think teams really break down. Vendor says, reseller, build build me three quotes, one with this, one with that, one with something else, and then let me know when it's done. And then, like, all that's for the vendor. It's never getting to the customer, right? It's just that wasting time yeah. ha- happening. Well, imagine this is getting buy-in. We're resetting. So we say, okay, we're not, we all agree we're not going to present a statement of work or a quote to the customer until we have A, B, and C. Do we, can yeah. we all agree on that? Because yeah. the downside of that, too, is we don't want the reseller pumping out a bunch of quotes until the integrator is saying what we need as a product set to be able to do what the customer is asking us to do, right? So we don't want one running rogue. We want to all be on the same page and say no quotes, no statements of work until we get A, B, and C from the customer. And if it's impossible to have a joint evaluation plan, that expresses the steps that you need and the partner needs. It, it's most of the time possible, but it's not always possible. Then at least have the same execution date. And sometimes there needs to be a staggered execution, but at least have some sort of alignment so that if you're trying to press for signature on yours on a certain day, they need signatures on there by a certain day. Why not create some sort of alignment or or story, real a real narrative about why the order of operations needs to be what it is? customers like this stuff people they really do and i know there's people listening brian that are saying well i got to get my budget first because i want to be the one that makes sure i win this quarter versus next quarter or this year versus next year yeah man if you're still thinking like that you're not gonna you're not gonna win because this customer needs all of you 
holistically, maybe at different times, but try to control that narrative. So if we all agree and we want A, B, and C from the customer now, then we also say, what are we willing to do for the customer from a demo perspective, follow-up meeting? What do we, we want to access to power? We'll present an executive to get in as sponsor. You know, there's this sales process stuff. We did an entire, I think, four-part series on this on how to kind of guide this whole thing through again. But let's assume that we've reset. The team's kind of all bought in. We got an account executive who's the quarterback who's agreeing to do all the heavy lifting and, and qualifying and quantitative qualifying with the customer on things we do and don't do. And the the we're not going to start giving quotes until you get us the power. You know, there's got a lot of dancing that goes on here to keep moving this thing forward and to make sure we're not watering a dead plant. I would say anybody in any role could get this reset going. Brian, do you agree or disagree? I agree. I think the ca- the big caveat there is you have to be willing to do the hard work. And sometimes the hard work is only one hour. But yes, anyone can get it going, but you have to be willing to do hard work. You can't be the guy that just says, it's not fair. They're not listening. We're chasing a bad deal. I want you to chase a bad deal. It, it's got to be, you have to be able to dedicate one to two hours to put together a solid narrative. And that means like look at their talk, their stock ticker people and at least understand if they're making money, losing money. Do they have any recent news? In this example, we looked up the stock ticker and the first one was a problem we could have solved and we could have talked about it from a global company perspective, irrespective of this one pursuit. And then three articles down, it talked about tech and security which would have been like the like the bow on the present that this rep could have used to to get everybody kind of bought back in, and it was more of that. Uh, no one wants to help. I my product doesn't do it. Blah blah blah. And if you have any questions, if you think it's impossible to review a 10k in an hour or two hours, we've got a recorded session on this. Uh, reach out. We'll give you a promo code. We'll give the first three folks a promo code. Um, to watch that video for free. It's 33 minutes and we break down a 10K piece by piece by piece and we do it all in 33 minutes. We pull out all the sales opportunity information in that that 10K. I would say if you don't know what the first three sections of everyone's 10K or the the, the subjects are in those first three sections, you'd be crazy as a professional sales rep not to go take this 30-minute course on how to how to do this great um it'll change the game on the way you have your narrative to a customer about a pursuit so we've got buy-in we got buy-in from customer we got buy-in from team again we've done our reset now we've got everybody on board we've got kind of an evaluation plan but we got to do one or two meetings let's assume that after this everything starts falling apart people that were on the team aren't doing their jobs brian you know, the product team didn't didn't read the RFP or didn't read the minimum requirements, didn't give us the information we need. Partner, they couldn't hold themselves back, man. They had to, to send that statement of work so they could get their feet in the door and they scheduled a meeting and they didn't invite the rest of the team. Right? Like all these, everything that ever happens in any deal is happening right now in real time. We, got, we really got two choices. If we're a sales engineer or we're an account executive and the customer is important, but, but what are we going to do? We got to either escalate this or we got to walk away. And we've both been managers. You're a manager right now, Brian. How would you want an account executive to escalate this without being kind of that whiner? 
Yeah, so like I said, there's there's kind of an active way to do it and a passive way to do it. The active way can sometimes come across as whining. The passive way is, I, I think, maybe a little bit better in some cases, although sometimes you do need to, it does need to be escalated. Only you can be the judge of that. If you want to run a scenario by us, we're happy to take that call. The, the, the passive way to do it and the way I recommend is, let's say that this is a strategy call for a pursuit that you guys want to go on. It's a, it's a big one or it's even a medium-sized one. There are, there are executives at the company. Bobby, what company have you worked for where an executive does not want to get involved in a deal? Uh, none. I can't. None. Think Never. What if you had an executive join the strategy call and you provided them some key points for the 10K and you said, here's, here's what we're doing. We're getting together as a group and we're going to talk about this pursuit and we're going to talk about how we go and win this thing. We'd love to have your feedback on the call. Now, if you have objectors on that call that aren't on board, um, you want to get them on board pretty quick, you have a very well thought out plan and you have an executive that's behind it and wants to sponsor it. That's how you get the team on board. Now yeah, that's a pretty, they, that can be aggressive, but it is. Yeah. It is. And that, that might, that might, they might be worried about you and future pursuits, but you know what that's winners do, you know, what winners do winners do this. Winners actually win. And this is how you get the team on board and win. It's not tattling. It's, it's, it's using the coaching that you've gotten uh, and using the leadership of your company to move the ball forward. What that leader is going to do is he's going to tell all his leaders, your people better get involved. The partner channel person, your partner better be <laughs> yeah. ready to go. That product reseller person better be ready to resell. And that partner channel rep better be involved. The vendor, the AE, the, the SI, everybody's going to be, they're, they're all going to hear the escalation and, and it doesn't have to be that way. I've often asked, hey, manager, what am I missing? I don't know why these people don't want to chase this deal. And sometimes they pointed out things that, make me realize the deal's a little further off than I thought it was. And then there's sometimes where they say, Hey, try this. And and it maybe move the needle a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I've asked kind of in a passive way, one-on-one, Hey, Brian, you're my manager here. I can't really get the team going. Do you mind asking your peer on the yep. channel side? If they'll just do a deal review on that. And then like, see if you see what I see and can, can you guys get on board and maybe, do a spot check and maybe maybe it'll get the team more involved and excited. I don't want to chase a dead plant, but I need I've done everything I can do. I need your help to nudge the group forward. Yeah, agreed. That's an easy way to do it. It sometimes look like a good outcome from this could be an objection that someone was afraid to make in a group setting that gets exposed and then we're all better for that, right? For sure. And finally, I would say I, if I was going to have someone escalate it and I've tried a few mechanisms that didn't work, I've used partners in the past to escalate it. You know, if a, if a partner yeah. channel sales manager calls the channel team and says, look, we're not, we got a deal. We're trying to involve you. We might have to go work with a competitor. If we don't get your help, that, that noise in a product world will get, get some momentum for sure to happen at your company. And I guess really the final thing is if it, if none of that's working, maybe you need need to walk away. I I would not spend much time past reset chasing this deal if I'm not the AE and I'm not the guy or girl in, in charge of the the quarterback role, unless I get people to reset and buy in to a to an evaluation plan. That we we got a lot of work to teach on everything about evaluation plans, but I I would not spend a lot of time, and I think I'd walk away. I, I on same. 
walking away is an interesting one. So looking at that, that from two angles, if you walk away from a deal that's a good deal that you should win, and, and should is all relative, right? But let's say that you're being objective and you've been thoughtful and you're self-aware and you walk away from a deal, you take an L, you, you better really seriously consider being in the profession. And But second, if you walk away from a deal that should have been walked away from, you want to talk about getting the team fired up to work with you. They know you're not going to put up with any BS or bad deals. Uh, and so I, what I would have, especially when I was over in the UK a, a bit, we, we would we'd get involved in deals that maybe we didn't have, we weren't ready for yet. And we had, it was such a growing, expanding business that we would be short on on teammates, partners that could go out and help us deliver demonstrations. But what we started to do was share the deals with the extended team that we did walk away from to show them that, look, we're not just saying yes to everything. Here are the conditions in which we'll engage. And that that got them fired up because they knew if we took one on, it was more likely to be a realistic opportunity. Yeah, if you're the quarterback, just so I, I might have misspoke back there, if you're the quarterback and you walk away, you might want to go do yeah, something completely different. I'm talking about this guy and his role as a sales engineer that was being asked to do demos and things to a, a deal that no one else was working towards the same common goal and your manager can't help you and the partner can't help you, then maybe you need to walk away totally and, and hold them accountable to doing their job. But but if you are the AE, you shouldn't be walking away. You should be having a customer discount you because you can't do what they need to do. Otherwise, you build the team, you point the team down to the end of the other f- part of the field and you get there. So to wrap up, we talked about really three things today on how to improve your pursuits. Get buy-in, that's buy-in from the customer, and your team reset so coordinate the meeting build the plan with the team do your hard work show them that you really believe you can win and get them bought in uh, at that reset meeting and build a strategy to go win and if they don't do their part and they're not trying to win where you think you can win escalate be creative ask for help uh, and make sure that you are doing everything you can to solve that customer's problems and if you if you really want to be a great AE one day do everything you can to show these people that there is light at the end of that tunnel and you guys can win it. I love it. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up. Thanks everyone for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please reach out to us. Info at techcellshow.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.